Chapter twenty eight of Australia, New Zealand, and some other islands of the South Seas by Frank G. Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. A Country Without a Poorhouse. How would you like to be sure of a pension from Uncle Sam in your old age? How would you like to know that if your income after sixty five years of age was less than three hundred and ninety dollars a year? you would get from the government at washington at least enough money to keep you alive that is the situation here in new zealand every citizen is assured that if old age finds him without sufficient money to live on the government will provide up to a maximum sum of one hundred and ninety five dollars a year to widows with children larger pensions are paid new zealand has had an old age pension law for more than a quarter of a century and everyone now seems to think it is a fine thing certainly there are no poor houses here as we know them and the old woman beggar is conspicuously absent according to new zealanders their country was the first in the world to pass a non-contributory old age pension law in fact i find new zealand claims to hold twelve firsts in social legislation after listening to the enthusiastic talk of the people i have been surprised at what their country situated in what we think of as the most remote corner of the globe has to show according to my notes new zealand was the first country to provide non-contributory old-age pensions introduce conciliation and arbitration of industrial disputes establish universal penny postage start government grading of butter cheese and hemp for export go into the state insurance business set up state maternity homes open a government tourist department give women parliamentary suffrage operate state coal mines organize a state department of public health enact minimum wage laws for women and minors build houses and sell them to workmen all these firsts and the fact that she has the lowest death rate in the world back up new zealand's claim of being the newest england and a brighter britain the old age pension law was one of the many acts for the benefit of the common people put through by seddon during his long term as premier he introduced the bill and fought it through to passage in the face of considerable opposition he took the position that pensions from the state were not a matter of kindness or charity to those past the ability to work but only their rightful due the law is so worded that pensioners need feel no humiliation in accepting state funds its introduction states that it is just and right that every person who has for a number of years assisted by his or her work in the development of the country and has also by taxes contributed to its good government should be protected against want in his or her old age the law provides that the pensioner must have been a resident of new zealand for twenty-five years prior to his application that he must not during that time have been imprisoned for five years for any offence and that he must not during the twelve years preceding his application have been in jail four months or on four occasions for an offence punishable by one year's imprisonment the applicant must not during the past twelve years have deserted his wife and children and must have lived a sober and reputable life in the year preceding his application all applications are made at the post offices where such as pass 
the examinations are given certificates each entitling its owner to a pension for one year the certificates have to be renewed every year since the first pension law was enacted the amount of the annual allowance has been several times increased although the government has paid out more than forty five million dollars in doles to the aged and there are i am told about twenty thousand people now receiving these pensions this is considerably more than one pensioner to every hundred persons in the country if the united states had a similar law with the same proportion of pensioners we should have seven thousand of them in washington almost ninety thousand in new york forty thousand in chicago twenty eight thousand in philadelphia and a thousand or more in each of a score of other cities in the whole country we should have a million and a half pensioners and if each received a hundred eighty dollars a year the amount of the average pension in new zealand the total distribution of money among our old people would amount to more than two hundred eighty eight million dollars as a matter of fact this sum would be only about thirty million dollars more than our government now pays out each year in pensions for old soldiers and their dependents not including the payments to veterans of the world war one of wellington's big buildings is the government life insurance office here you may find out just how much the body politic is willing to bet on the chances of life and death of its people the government has been in the life insurance business for fifty years but it has never forbidden the private companies to operate and competes with them right along indeed it is said that the latter are getting most of the new business because they put more life and energy into selling insurance than the state institution does the government life insurance company uses the postmasters as its agents and thus have offices at every crossroads it requires as strict a physical examination as any private company but its rates are low and the insured feel certain of their money there are now some sixty thousand state policies in force representing an insurance of about eighty five million dollars the state insurance business is managed like our private life insurance companies and upon similar calculations of the chances of life and death it sells some policies on the paid-up system and is also a savings fund plan special rates are granted to those who abstain from intoxicating liquors and another form of policy provides annuities for government clerks after they are sixty years of age fire and accident policies are also written in competition with the commercial companies one reason the government went into the business was the fact that the companies operating in new zealand at that time were charging rates as high as those in the united states england and other countries where the expectancy of life is not so great as it is here the new zealanders are wonderfully healthy they live on the average eight years longer than we do it may be that their lives are lengthened by the amount of protection and security they have from their various government enterprises moreover the country is not overpopulated there is no competition with colored or cheap foreign labor a living wage is guaranteed to all farms may still be had on comparatively easy terms there is little poverty throughout the dominion and the general level of comfort is high the average wealth for all persons over twenty years of age has been estimated at four thousand dollars and that notwithstanding the fact that there are few millionaires in new zealand and not many persons who are rich 
according to our standards the per capita deposits in new zealand banks are steadily increasing showing that the country is accumulating wealth in eighteen ninety the average was just under one hundred dollars for every one of the population twenty years later it had risen to a little more than one hundred and twenty-five and the latest figure is two hundred dollars the present assets of the six principal banks total more than three hundred and forty millions of dollars and their liabilities come to less than three hundred millions the postal savings banks are banks of deposit paying interest of from three and one quarter to four per cent on all accounts at present the deposits approximate a total of two hundred twenty million dollars held by about six hundred eighty thousand depositors this equals one savings account to every one point eight persons of the population deposits as low as one shilling or twenty five cents are taken but no interest is paid on any sum below five dollars or above twenty five thousand dollars on sums up to twenty five hundred dollars the rate is four per cent on larger amounts it is three and one quarter per cent new zealand has its building and loan associations though not to the same extent as the united states the farmers have also organized all sorts of cooperative associations the stock of the new zealand loan and mercantile company a big firm which buys up produce and ships it abroad is owned chiefly by the new zealand growers from whom it buys i have visited a big store the stock of which is held by its customers it has a large capital and its manager told me that it paid ten per cent dividends it is much like one of our department stores with the prices marked on all articles offered for sale many of the meat freezing establishments are managed by stock companies in which the sheep and cattle owners are interested and most of them pay good dividends there is a national provident fund which any one between the ages of sixteen and fifty may join provided that his income during the three years prior to joining has not been more than fifteen hundred dollars no medical examination is required a contributor to the fund is protected in case of incapacity to work his children and widow receive an allowance upon his death and on reaching the age of sixty he receives for the rest of his life a pension of from two dollars and a half to ten dollars a week according to the scale of his contributions married women contributing to the fund get a bonus of thirty dollars on the birth of each child the applicant joins by filling in a form at a postal money order office or local office of the fund and paying his first weekly contribution although the fund is only about ten years old it has nearly twenty two thousand contributors another institution in which new zealand takes special pride is the office of the public trust the first institution of its kind in the world through this the government acts after the fashion of our commercial trust companies a public trustee is appointed for the whole country and he has under him a staff of lawyers of high reputation suppose a man dies intestate the public trust administers his estate if you want to make your will the public trust will draw it for you and you may make the trust your executor suppose you have been acting as trustee to an estate and wish to lay aside your responsibility the public trust will take it over if an insane person has no guardian the public trust will look after his affairs unless expressly directed otherwise 
all money coming into the office goes into a common fund this is invested by the public trustee in first-class securities for the benefit of the estates in his charge the public trust now handles estates and funds to the value of more than one hundred and twenty five million dollars and the amount is growing every year more than thirty thousand wills are on deposit in the office an evidence of the increasing public confidence in the institution although it was established to give the people service at low rates and not to make money and though its fees are never above three per cent the office has been so well managed that it not only pays for itself but yields a profit of more than fifty thousand dollars a year while it is a government institution the public trust provides its own buildings and pays taxes and postage just as if it were a commercial enterprise its employees are under the civil service and hold office during good behavior practically every new zealand post office is a telegraph office a telephone office a savings bank a government life insurance and pension agency and a money order office so you see postman and postmaster have plenty to do there are now government telephones almost everywhere although they are not so numerous in proportion to the population as they are in the united states telephones are still considered somewhat in the class of luxuries in the hotels for example one rarely sees a telephone in every room but there will be an instrument in the hall on each floor but there is another side to the picture of new zealand's government activities a man is worth not what he makes but what he has left when his debts are paid it is the same with the nation and new zealand has rapidly rolled up a huge public debt at the end of the century it owed about two hundred and twenty million dollars or more than three hundred dollars per head or fifteen hundred dollars per family of five this debt kept on growing and then was more than doubled by expenditures in the world war which were a tremendous burden to a small country like new zealand suppose the same conditions to prevail in the united states with its one hundred and five million inhabitants instead of the twenty two billions we now owe we should owe more than eighty seven billion dollars or almost exactly four times the sum that we and our children and our children's children for generations to come must be heavily taxed to pay on the other hand it must be remembered that nearly half the total debt of new zealand is invested in railroads telephones telegraphs hydroelectric systems farmland and loans to settlers these investments pay interest and are represented by assets of much greater value than the amount of borrowed money spent upon them End of chapter 28